John chapter 14. I'm thinking tonight about the simple responsibility we have as children of God, those of who are saved, to obey the Lord, to be obedient to Him. And obedience should be a way of life. And yet we all, if we'd be honest about it, I think we'd be really honest, we all struggle sometimes with just being instantly and joyfully obedient to what the Lord says. And so we're going to talk about that some tonight in the Gospel of John chapter 14. And let's stand together before we read. I will mention this a little later in the lesson here. But one of the things that I'm thinking about tonight is the annual routine that many of us go through, including myself, of just sort of a personal evaluation and seeing how we're doing. I think the end of the year is an end of the year inventory is common in many businesses. You know, how have we done? What have we done with what we've had to do? It would be very foolish for a business just to go year after year after year and never do an inventory and really ask those questions. But I think it'd be likewise uh, un- unwise for us not to do some personal checks in our own life about how we're doing. And I know some of you can instantly say, well, you know, God has really helped me this year. He's, we've made spiritual progress in numerous ways. Some people in this room have gotten saved this year. That's the best thing in the world that could happen to you. And, um, but also we'd have to admit that sometimes we make commitments about certain things that we know we ought to do, and then we find ourselves a year later and we're still not doing them, right? And so that's another thing that's in my mind, thinking about this matter of obedience. So with all that as an introduction, verse 21 of John chapter 14. Jesus said, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. So in that, just implied in that first introductory phrase, statement, there are, there are many people who don't have God's commandments. We know that, right? They've never had a Bible They've never read the Bible. They don't know what God's commandments are. But just because you know His commandments don't mean you keep His commandments. So you've got some that don't even know His commandments. You've got some that know His commandments but don't keep His commandments. But then He says here, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them. Those who have His commandments and keep them. And notice what it says about those people. He it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. Now, he didn't just say, he that keeps my commandments, I'll love him and manifest. He said, he that loves me, I will manifest myself to him and love him. And then he says in verse 22, Judas, one of the, not Judas Iscariot, but one of the apostles, saith unto him, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? How are you going to make yourself known to us, but you're not going to make yourself known unto the world? Because Jesus just said he's going to manifest himself in a special way to those who love him, that other people will not know. Jesus answered and said unto him in verse 23, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him. 
and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again tonight for your word. And Father, as we seek to read and understand and apply the word of God, I pray that you'd help us. Father, to have hearts that are prepared, hearts that are tender. Even now, we ask you to search our hearts. We ask you to prepare our hearts for the truth, the good seed of the Word of God that has the power to produce fruit in our life. We know that the problem is not with the truth. The problem is often with our hearts that are not fertile. They're not tilled. They're, not, they're hardened. We just want to prepare our hearts before you tonight. Search us, Lord. Help us to be honest with you, to make things right between us and you and us and others, that our heart could receive the Word of God. And we pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So there's a lot in these verses we just read about God's commandments. Now, in, I, I preached a message a few weeks ago about God's commandments. And in it, I mentioned this fact, and I, I believe this is true. That just a lot of people don't seem to have the idea that in this New Testament era that we live in, um, that commandments don't really matter, but they do matter. And we have His commandments. If Jesus said here in John 14, He that hath my commandments. So we have His commandments. We may not even know what they are, but we have them. And where are those commandments located? We know the answer to that. They're located in the Bible. God's will can be found in His Word. But his commandments aren't just to be known, his commandments are to be obeyed. Now, in order to obey a commandment, you have to know what that commandment is. Sometimes as parents, we've had to say to our children, you know, I understand that you may not have, been, you may not have clearly understood what the commandment was, so let's just make sure we know what it is. Because if you know what it is and you don't do it, then that's, that's disobedience, and that's a, that's a serious matter. So we need to know His commandments. So you think with me tonight, if you're saved, and even if you're not saved, I want you to think with me tonight about this. We need to know everything that God wants us to do. It's, my, it's, our, it's our privilege to know what God's commandments are, but it's also our duty to know what His commandments are. Because the thing that God is going to use to judge us, according to John chapter 8, I believe it is, the thing that God's going to use to, as a standard to judge you and judge me one day is not our opinion about what's right or wrong or what somebody else did. What he's going to judge us by is what he says in this book. Now, therefore, you better know what's in this book because you're responsible, I'm responsible to know his commandments and to obey his wishes. So how are we going to know that? We've got to, we've got to get serious about knowing the Bible. Reading the Bible, reading, reading for insight, reading for direction, studying the Bible. If there's something we don't understand, we ought to want to find out what that means. How does that apply to me? You, you, I'm just telling you, you can go through life and you can be very nonchalant about God's truth. You can go through life and not take much of his word seriously, but you're going to regret it one of these days. So we ought to get into the book, see what the Bible says, and read it with a desire to obey it. 
not just to know it, but to obey it. God, show me. Show, show me what you want me to do. And the, when the Bible's being preached, the Bible's being taught in the Sunday school class, in the youth department, we ought to be listening. Everyone else is not the judge for what God expects out of your life. The Bible's the judge. Just because everybody else says it's okay doesn't mean it's okay. What does God say about it? And by the way, true believers should have a good attitude about these commandments. Right? True believers should delight. I delight to do thy will, O God. Thy law is within my heart. I want to know what God says, and I want to obey what God says. That's a characteristic of a Christian. A a characteristic of a true Christian is they want to obey God. Right? I mean, this... Hold your finger right here in John, and we have some other writings of John way near the back of the New Testament. Go to 1 John chapter 2, and verse 3. It says, 1 John, 1st epistle of John, chapter 2. And... Verse 3, and hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Now notice this. He didn't say we know we know him because we prayed a prayer one time. Or we know we know him because we got baptized. Or because we know we know him because I made a commitment at camp one time. No. We know we know him because we do what? Keep his commandments. Because we obey Him. He didn't say we get, we, we get to know Him by keeping His commandments. He didn't say we get saved because we obey His commandments. But He says we know we are saved because we obey His commandments. Amen. You know what the big difference is in my, in my life before I got saved and now? It's not the fact that I'm hanging out on a church on Wednesday night. I mean, that is pretty remarkable. But it's not just that. I want to be here because God tells us to be here. And that's an indication that I'm saved. Because I keep his commandments. Look in verse 4. He that saith, I know him. He that says, I'm saved, I know him. And keepeth not his commandments is a liar. Right? It's a liar. It's what the Bible says. The truth is not in him. If someone tells you that they know they're saved, and they do not keep God's commandments, the Bible says you can know those people are lying to you. Right? So it says... Verse 5, but whoso keepeth his word, that means they obey him. In him, the person who obeys God, in him very is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. Verse 6, he that saith he abideth in him. He that says he's saved, that he abides in the Lord, ought himself also so to walk, even as he walked. You ought to be trying to be like Jesus, right? If a person says they're saved, they're going to want to be like Jesus. Now, that's a, that's the, those are the marks of a true Christian, a person that has been born again. Now, does that mean that a Christian then is sinless? No, it doesn't mean that. The, the same 1 John chapter 1 says, if a man says he doesn't sin, he's, he's lying too. The whole church is full of liars. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't mean he's sinlessly perfect because we all do sin. But we don't want to sin. And when we sin, we confess our sin. 
When we sin, we want to make it right. That's, that's a, those are marks of a true Christian. It's not a mark of a Christian who only makes it right when somebody has two witnesses sworn by the Bible that they saw you doing this thing and finally you'll admit that's not the mark of a Christian. A Christian has Christ living in them. They want to obey the Word of God. It doesn't, doesn't mean they're perfect, but it does mean they have a heart to obey God and they don't want to sin. All of us, all of us struggle with our flesh. And why is that? Because our flesh wants to do things sometimes that are contradictory to what God wants. The flesh lusteth against the Spirit, the Bible says. And obeying, I'm not saying obeying is automatic. I'm not saying obeying is easy. Sometimes it's not easy to obey. It's not. For instance, um, most parents that are saved, who take their Christian life seriously understand that it is their God-given responsibility to discipline their children, to correct their children, right? If they disobey, you correct them. But that's not always easy to do that. My mama used to always quote this verse to me before she'd whip me. This hurts me a lot more than it does you. <laughs> no, she didn't quote the verse, but I'd have heard that a few times. But you know what people say? You know why some people don't correct their children? Because it's not easy. It's not easy. So what I'm saying is it's not always easy to obey. It's not always automatic. It's not always easy to do that. If God says, and He does say, if God says that you're to forgive every person just like you have been forgiven. Does God say that? Every person who's ever wronged you in any way, you're to forgive that person, just like God forgave you. That's a commandment. Is that always easy? Not necessarily. Commandments aren't always easy to obey, but we still are required to obey them. Some people really struggle with giving. They really struggle with... Giving God the first fruit. It's taught in the Old Testament. I believe it's taught in the New Testament. Give God the first thing. People really struggle with that. Now, not everybody does. And by the way, it's, I think it's easier when you just get it right, right off and learn to do it and just keep doing it. But, but the point is, it doesn't, it, the fact whether it's easier, not easy, is, is, is not even a, it's a mute issue. Because whether it's easy or not, we're to obey the Word of God. What causes us, what causes a person to disobey? What causes us to disobey? What causes a teenager to disobey against his parents, which is disobeying against God, right? What causes that? Now, it could be rebellion. Sometimes it is rebellion. But most commonly, I think it's not really rebellion. It's just putting ourselves first. We're putting ourselves before God. And that was part of what Paul wrote to Timothy about in 2 Timothy chapter 3 when he said lovers of self and then he said lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. You know why people sometimes who know they ought to be in church stay home? It's because they love themselves more than they love God. Now we could call it rebellion, maybe it is. That's why, that's, but at the, at the heart of much of our disobedience is what we want to do. Now that brings me to this subject about 
annual spiritual inventory. You know why it's hard for us to change some of our habits? Habits are hard to change. Behaviors are hard to change. Sometimes we know we ought to do things differently, and yet, and we know we ought to do them not just because they're healthy or financially beneficial. We know we ought to do them because it would please God, because it would be obedient to God, and yet why don't we? A lot of times it's because of our flesh. It's our flesh. It's, it's us doing what we want to do. And honestly, for us, those of us in this room who are saved, most of our goals that we really want to accomplish fall into the category of things we know we ought to do because it would please God. It would be obedient to God, right? It would be. I mean, financial stewardship is good for you. You know, paying your bills on time is good for you. Get, trying, working to get out of debt is good for you. But it's all, all these things have to do with God's commandments, too. It's God's commands that we do those things. Strengthening your marriage. Those, are, those are, would be good for your family, good for your mental health, maybe good for your physical health. But it's also God's commands, right? God commands these things. Bible reading, regular Bible reading, having a life of prayer, witnessing, talking to people about the gospel. All these are things that, that would, will make your world go a whole lot better but they're also God's commands. All of these have to do with the commands of God. If we, and if we think about this time of the year, and we think about, you know, I want to really take a look at where we are, how we're progressing in these areas, and I want to make some adjustments. It's not just because it, it would be, be look better to our friends, or it would be more, you know, better example to our children. All, some of those things are important. But the most important thing is we want to be obedient to God. And so the question is, how can we be more consistent in our obedience to God? Now we're in John chapter 14 where we began. And I just want to spend some time with the thing that we find in this text that directly applies to this subject. And it's a key factor. It's not the only factor. But it's a key factor that affects our obedience to God. I want to be an obedient Christian. You say, well, you're a pastor. Well, I want to be an obedient Christian, too. I mean, I do. I want to be an obedient Christian. And what does he say in verse 21 where we begin reading? He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. You know, keeping God's commandments is evidence, is an evidence of our love for him. Now, I'm, I'm, I'll tell you, there have been times in my life, and there probably will, may be times in the future, that I keep, I keep God's commandments because I fear Him, right? I mean, there, there have been times in my life when the very fact that, that I, when I might be inclined or tempted to do something or say something that I shouldn't, the fear of God helps me. But there's a greater motivation than the fear of God, and that's the love for God. There's, when I know God's will and I refuse to do God's will, it says something about my love for God. When a person says they love God, 
and they don't keep His commandments, they're lying. Right? They're lying. We're in, first, we're in John chapter 14 and verse 23. Jesus answered and said unto him, unto Judas, If a man love me, he will keep my words. If he loves me, he'll obey me. Teenager, listen to me. If you love Jesus, you will obey him. And, and, I, and I can almost hear, I can almost feel the comeback that says, no, that's not true. I, I really do love Jesus. I just disobey him all the time. No, you're mistaken. <laughs> You're mistaken. You're deceiving yourself. I think, I think the, my purpose in doing this tonight is, I think sometimes that we, when we look at the fact that we're disobeying God in some area, maybe in our giving, maybe in our prayer life, maybe in Bible reading, and we think the problem is we just need to get up earlier or we just need to try harder, or we just need to take it more seriously. And I'm not saying that those things are not important. Those things are all important. But I, I, I think we fail to look at the most important problem, and that is that we don't love God like we should. According to the Bible, if I love Him, I'll obey Him. If I'm struggling with being a witness, and, and I know I'm not... I'm not being, uh, giving out the gospel like I should, and I'm struggling with that. I feel bad about it. I feel ashamed about it. I, I wish I would do better. I want to do better. I plan to do better. According to what, I'm, what I read here in this text, the one thing that will help me be more consistent about sharing my faith with others is for me to love God more. Because if I love God, I'm going to want to obey Him. Right? I think sometimes we need to just get to the bottom of why we disobey Him. And a part of that, I'm not saying it's the only answer, but a part of that is our love for Him or our lack of love for Him. I mean, it's easy to say, I love Jesus. We can sing it together, oh, how I love Jesus. It's easy to say, I love Jesus. But our love for Jesus will show up in our obedience, in our obedience to Him. I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying what the Bible says. We're in John chapter 14. Look up a few verses prior to our text. Verse 15. Jesus said, if you love me, do what? Keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. The more we love him, the more we're going to want to obey him. Right? The more we love him... We sang about this tonight. More love to thee. That's what we need, more love for him. And love for him that would make us do everything we could not to displease him. So how can we be more obedient? How can we, how can we do more of God's will? We know, it, we, know, we, we know much of what God wants us to do, and if we... If we're, if we're true to our calling as Christians, we're going to do everything we can to figure out what God wants us to do, what will be pleasing to God. But just knowing it doesn't mean we're doing it. How can we do more of that? What is the motivation? What is the incentive? 
I read this uh, today on social media, and I thought it would fit in to my message tonight. Here's the, here's the quote. At its core, each decision about temptation is a chance to express love, either for Jesus or myself. I want to read that again. At its core, each decision about temptation, the temptation whether to read your Bible or not, the temptation of whether to witness or not, the temptation about being saying, saying you are wrong to someone you love and you wrong them, the temptation to do it or not to do it, every, at the core of every temptation is a chance to either love God or love yourself. Verse 24 of our text, John 14, 24. He that loveth me not, keepeth not my sayings. It reminds me of the words of Jesus when he said in Luke chapter 6, Why call you me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? And most of us have been around long enough and talked to enough people to know this. That lots and lots and lots of people claim to be saved. Lots of people believe they're going to heaven that do not exhibit any obedience to God. Zero. They don't read their Bible. They don't pray. They don't go to church. They don't give. They don't sing. They don't worship. They don't fellowship together. They don't, you know what I'm saying? They don't, they don't obey anything and yet they say they, say they love Jesus. There's, there's a kind of there's problem there, isn't there? And I'm not trying to judge other people. I'm just I'm trying to help us. We're God. If we're saved, we ought to want to obey God. And the more we love Him, the more we're going to be inclined to obey Him. I don't remember where this was. Uh, just recently, maybe in a sermon here, but anyway, um, where after Peter miserably failed three times, denied that he knew the Lord, cursed him. And Jesus had this meeting, private meeting with him. And what did, what did, Peter, what did Jesus say to Peter? You're going to have to do better than this. I don't want you to ever do this again. You know, don't you ever deny me. This is your last chance. You know, no, and he didn't say any of those things. Do you know what he said? Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? If you love me, we can do better than this. Three times, lovest thou me more than these? We don't, we don't just, listen, we don't just obey. Some people kind of look at, maybe you look at your mom or your dad, and they, they have a consistent walk with God, and they, they seek to obey the Lord, and you can tell it in their life. It matters to them. And you may think, well, that's just because they always just agree with what the Bible says. Not necessarily. They do it not just because, it, not just because it's them on their own, they do it because they love the Lord. No wonder children, no wonder children find it difficult to obey their parents, comes easy to rebel against their parents, never pick up their Bible. No wonder. Because they don't love the Lord. And what troubles us more is not the fact that they don't read their Bible, it's that they don't love the Lord enough to read their Bible. We want to obey Him because we love Him. Um, I'm not going to really spend much time on this, but 
This, this begs the question of how can we develop and nurture a love for Jesus? It's not natural for me to love Him. I love the words of Peter when he said, Whom having not seen, you love. We haven't seen. How do you love somebody you've never seen? How do you love somebody you've never laid eyes on? You've never heard their audible voice. You've never felt their physical touch. How do you love someone? And I'm going I'm to give you two things just to, to make a mental note of and just think on. Number one, make much of his love for us. Make much of it. Please hear me. This right here could change some people's life. Don't ever get over the amazement, the wonder, the awe that Jesus would love you and die for you. I see people all the time, it's just like, it's, you know, it's just like it means nothing. It doesn't even register in their mind. We love Him, 1 John four nineteen says this, we love Him because He first loved us. You know what our love, our love to Him is? It's a responsive love for us. He didn't love us first. I mean, we didn't love Him first. He loved us first. Make much of that. Make much of that in your personal life. Make much of that in your worship. Make much of that in your prayer. The amazement that God would love you. And the second thing I think that helps develop and nurture our love for Him is spend devotional time with Him in prayer and in the Word of God. Have a personal relationship with Him. Some of you have never experienced this, and some of you have. Some of you may soon or later or something, but uh, there was a time many, many years ago in a land far away when my wife and I were just teenagers and we'd never been taught like some of you people have been taught. So we're ignorant and unlearned. We would write letters to each other. And I could not imagine ever, ever having a letter from her that I did not read. I was interested in what she had to say. Because she told me how wonderful I was. You probably don't remember that, do you? <laughs> and, and we kept those letters. Listen, I'm, not, I'm, tell, I'm trying to make a point. The God who made everything and gave his son to die for you has sent you a letter. And some of you hardly ever pick it up and read it. Shame on you. Shame on you. You're not going to develop a relationship with Jesus where you love Him so much that obeying Him means a lot to you if you, don't, if you don't fall in love with Him. How much do we really love Him? So, obedience matters. Obedience is a big thing. And there is a direct link between the way we love Him and the way we obey Him. You can't deny it. It's in the Bible. And the last thing, and I'll just briefly mention this in our text in John 14, is that there are de definite blessings 
promises to those who love him and obey his commandments. Verse 21 says, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father. And I will love him and will manifest myself to him. I mean, those are all commandments. Those are all blessings. Those are all benefits, that God, promises that God gives. The more a person loves God, the more a person loves Jesus, the more the Father is going to pour His love out on them. You say, well, I thought God loved everybody. He does love everybody, but He doesn't love everybody the same. He has a special love for those that love Him. God does. And Jesus said there in verse 21... He says, I will love him and will manifest myself to him. He said, I'll make myself, I'll make myself known to him. To those, person, to those persons, to those people, Jesus said, who love me and obey me, he said, I'm going I'm to commune with those people. I'll fellowship with those people. You know, our relationship with God is not based on what we do. Our relationship with God is based on our conversion, our, our rebirth. God is our father. We've been adopted into his family. That's our relationship. And nothing can change that. Once you're saved, you're his forever. But our fellowship with God, our communion with God, our relation, our, our intimacy with God, our, him, him working in our life and him, him showing himself through the scriptures, that's the result of our obedience and our love for him. So as we think about our walk with God, as we th- listen, as we think about our walk with God, you have to think about this. We have to think about our obedience to His commands. I'm not talking about obeying to be saved. I'm talking about obeying because we love Him. The more love we have for Him, the more our love for Him will fuel our obedience. So all of us could do this. We've done it in the past. We'll probably do it some this year. And that is, we're going to make a... A list of things, maybe a short list, maybe just one or two things, maybe a long list. Here's some things I really want to do as a Christian. I want to, do, I want to be better at this in my home, on the job, with my finances, with my health. As a Christian, I want to do, I want to do better with this. But may I, I'm just suggesting to you tonight, put this in the equation and say, I'm not just going to do better, but I'm going to love God more. Because the more I love Him, the more I'm going to obey Him. When we sin, we've all made mistakes. We know what it's like to sin. You know, we confess our sin. We say, God, forgive me. I was wrong. I've disobeyed. But maybe we ought to say, Lord, not only forgive me because I keep doing the same thing I shouldn't do or I keep failing to do the things I ought to do but God forgive me that I haven't loved you enough that I want to please you that I want to do what you want me to do because the more we love him the more we're going to be apt to obey him amen